All right. So welcome to episode four here of the Bottle Podcast. Uh, today we have uh, the whole team here, me, Will, and Chelsea. Uh, and we are going to be talking about a number of things today, uh, mainly about our experience running a remote company. So um, to give you a little bit of context about who each of us are real quickly, because I don't think we've actually done this. Um, I'm Andy. I'm one of the co-founders of Bottle. Uh, I do a lot of different things here. Primarily work um, with Will and Chelsea to uh, acquire new customers, think about how we present ourselves, our marketing, um, and just our operations. So um, I'm going to introduce each of you, by the way. I hope you don't mind. Chelsea is uh, our customer success uh, manager, associate. I, I don't know, we don't have titles really. So, um, but she does everything customer success. She's a, an amazing advocate for our customers and helps them navigate all sorts of challenges and different things that they encounter while running uh, their businesses. And then obviously my co-founder, Will, uh, who is, um, well, he does everything, but he, he built, he's the brainchild of this product. He's super creative innovator who came up with this idea and has built something that's amazing that we're uh, all glad to be a part of. So, uh, and he also as one of three people, all, all of us do a lot of everything. Will does a lot of everything, uh, everything from strategy to customer support to writing every line of code for our product. So pretty, uh, pretty cool. So that's who we are. Um, took us four episodes to figure out that we're going to introduce ourselves. So here we go. <laughs> Uh, we should make you do that every time. I especially liked mine. I got my <laughs> there. Good. That's, I'm the hype man. Good. I should call my mom. Yeah. Well, it's, it's all like, true. It's like Game of Thrones when they introduced Daenerys. <laughs> For sure. Every <laughs> time. Um, love Danny. Yeah. Got all of her. Uh, well, we'll have a whole Game of Thrones podcast where will doesn't add anything because i don't think you've watched it right well i've seen half of the pilot yeah and didn't you uh, watch the finale episodes, yeah apparently <laughs> 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 she wasn't always that mean i don't know no she was pretty mean yeah i mean yeah, she had her ups and downs yeah now we'll come back to game of thrones in a few in a few weeks for a special podcast um anyway okay so will but right before we hopped on and, and hit record here, you were talking about um, a conversation you were having earlier today. So maybe we kick yeah, it off there. I called uh, a very good friend of mine, McCarthy, who I used to work with in Nashville and who was around when we started Bottle. Um, we were catching up. I was calling him first to try to find React and Rails freelance help to see if he knew anyone because we're looking for React developers to help us uh, navigate the React world. But that's, that's separate. I was, I was also asking him, both he and his now fiance are software developers, and they both work from Nashville remotely for software companies uh, based elsewhere. And so they're remote workers, and I've been doing this thing in San Francisco where it's called Lunch Club, you get matched with people once a week to go get coffee. So this week I've done it twice. I met this girl named Cassie. I met this girl named Monique. Both were awesome conversations. Really enjoyed meeting people, totally random. One's in corporate development, 
One's a product manager, unrelated to my life, but it's just fun to meet people. And the three of us are remote, and I've spent the last year and a half pretty nomadic remote traveling around. And specifically in Idaho, where I lived last winter, it was a ton of fun, but it was also really lonely. I didn't meet anybody else professionally for six months, at least, Um, because there aren't that many software developers living and working in Ketchum, Idaho. Short story long, I was talking to MacArthur. I was like, hey, what would you be interested in a lunch club for remote people? Uh, If you could sign up and fill out a form and say, I'm a developer, I live in Nashville, um, I'm open to meeting other people, and you schedule your availability for the week, and then once a week you get an email that's matched you with somebody else who works remotely, and that way you can break out a little bit and meet somebody new, have a virtual coffee, maybe you make your drip, or your, if you're fancy, your pour over, and enjoy it and have a conversation with somebody that, you've, um, that you would never meet otherwise because you work in your pajamas. Where was I going with this? Oh, so MacArthur's reaction was, I'll never use that. Like, I could be alone in a room for 10 years with my dog. <laughs> like, I love being remote. Which surprises me because he's such a good people person. He's a really good conversationalist. He's really good talking with people. He's really good meeting new people. He said that he um, had, that's something that he has focused on. He, because as a kid, he never thought he was, and so... He spent a lot of time and energy getting good at that. Um, so I just thought that was interesting. Uh, I don't, I'm trying to figure out if other people would like it. So I'd love both of your opinions. I think I would sign up for it, but I'm trying to think, like, would I? Is that something I would want to do is get a virtual coffee with somebody random once a week because I work um, remotely from the two of you. So it's a nice way to feel like you're meeting, meeting other people. So would it, so it would always be virtual. It wouldn't be like meeting up in person. Yeah. I mean, that's like a difference for me at least. Yeah. yeah. So my, so my comment to Will, which was he didn't, he's like, well, we was like, then you're just doing lunch club was I would do it if I were meeting other remote people in my city. Yeah. Like I, and I know that that's just like creating just like a smaller version of lunch club. But I think in places like Atlanta and San Antonio and Nashville, you actually like it'd be interesting to meet other people who are in the same boat as you. So maybe it's not your remote, but maybe it's verticalized. And maybe then it is really just lunch club because um, you're doing it in person. I, I think that I would like almost, my concern would be, am I missing out like am i am i gonna be like frustrated when the time comes to hop on this zoom with somebody like whereas like when you go and you meet someone in person and it's like you're having a coffee it's like a very human interaction that's my whereas zooms to me feel very transactional you know it's like even when it's a friend of mine that i'm really excited to catch up with like i don't get excited about facetiming my best friends from college but i get really excited about going and visiting them in la Mm, that's interesting. That's true. I agree with that. Yeah, I don't think I would do it virtually. I think it would be kind of weird, personally. <laughs> like sitting would in my living room. Would you do it though? 
Right. But would you do it if it was another person your age who was building their career and customer success? Maybe. Maybe that'd be a little different. If it wasn't just like some random person in like the tech world, because that then it, I don't know. I, but if we had that one thing, if we had something in common and we had definitely something to right. talk about. Um, but like, even then, I don't know. I, I would love to do it with other co-founders who run remote teams in a business size that matches ours. <laughs> That's very like <laughs> niche. Yeah. Yeah, and I know that Lunch Club, part of the magic is you're meeting like someone like Monique or whomever who's like in development or PM at like a big company. It's just a totally different perspective. Right. Maybe that's... These are, I mean, maybe I've um, sort of back up. I mean, there's two things we can talk about here. One, I think, would be what have been your challenges working remotely. And I can go more into what I've thought some of my challenges have been. Um independent of the travel stuff, but that included, but like we can get into that. And secondly, I think it's interesting to know how I, I'm, I think I'm only interested in this and open to the idea of meeting random people um, because I feel like I've, I'm overcoming something the way that MacArthur talked about overcoming the anxiety of talking to people. And now he's a phenomenal um, conversationalist is is it a reaction of like oh it feels weird to me and so that's why i kind of want to do it and just see where it goes no but the first question is probably better what if yeah. <laughs> in your challenges working remotely? before we go there because i think there is some context here um that we can lay and it's an interesting day to talk about this so four years ago meredith and i drove home with our dog mccallan when she was a little puppy Mm-hmm. And I think two weeks after that, so almost four years ago to the day, is when I met both you and MacArthur in person when you guys yeah. came and stayed at your house. And I agree. And and it was and you guys were coming from Nashville and I was living in Atlanta. And we kind of from the beginning always knew like maybe one day we'll all live in the same city, but at least to start this thing, like we're gonna be in different places. Um and so that's pretty I think that's pretty interesting that you know we that's where that's that we're at this kind of anniversary uh, and then also we're talking about macarthur and that kind of signifies i think from the beginning we had just due to, it wasn't if in our case it was more just like hey we're we're two people and uh, you know who want to work together um and it just so happens we live in different cities and we're not in a position really that it makes sense and i agree with you though when macarthur came to our house he is an excellent just really outgoing and good in person. So, yeah, um, all right. So, challenges with being remote. I'm going to let one of you two start on this one. I'll, I'll start. Um, <laughs> so, um, well, the last year and a half. Yeah. Is my internet not working? No, you're good. You're, you're good. Um. So for me, uh, I would say like between travel. So are we talking about like just purely working remotely or also traveling a little bit? I think both. I think you just maybe like what's been your experience? You've been with us a year and a half. You've been a remote employee the whole time. Part of the time you've been between countries trying to figure out, you know, in Europe where you could live. So maybe just run through different periods to give the context and tell us where you were when you were, you know, in those different places and what the, what the challenges were there. And now maybe as you're a little more settled in San Antonio, but also 
moving to Hawaii, you know, what, you know, just what have, what have been different challenges and, you know, what have been some of the hardest parts about being remote? Yeah. Okay. So. And I do think I, discrete challenges. To me, it reminds me of when uh, Elizabeth and I first got on a scooter. She didn't want to drive one herself, so she rode on the back of mine. And that's 10x as hard as just driving your own, having someone on the back. Yeah. Crashed, and she got stitches, and we had to go to the hospital in Long Beach. But that's like traveling and being remote is like the 10x on top of just being remote. And you jumped right into that because you were traveling back and forth. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, no, I totally agree. It's, it's like adds on a completely extra layer of challenge. Um, but it's, it's everyone's ideal, right? Like the idea that like you work remote and you could like sit by a beach, like that's what people have in their head. I feel like, or you roll out of bed and you're in your pajamas until whenever you don't want to be in your pajamas anymore. Um, but it's like, it's so different than that. Like you can't really live that way. Um, I mean, you can, but it just doesn't really set you up as much for success because you you get distracted way more easily. Um, but for me, okay, so I got this job um, after living in Europe for nine months and teaching English. Um, and when I was teaching English, I was teaching English in Prague and I was, I hated it because I was back and forth um, from office to office, like teaching adults, um, most of whom had like, very uh, strange ideas of women and like their place in the world and that kind of thing. So that was just an extra challenge there, plus the language barrier and everything else. Um, that and I'm just not like, I don't really like teaching, like sitting down with somebody and teaching them like different verbs and stuff like that, just not my thing. Um, so anyway, moved in with my boyfriend at the time in Germany um, and he's in the military. Um, and I really wanted to find a remote job. I really wanted to find a company that would let me like progress in my career and work from Europe, um, and work decently European hours. Like I didn't want to be up all night. Um, and that was such a challenge for me from the start, because that's just not something that a lot of companies are really looking for, especially as like, kind of like an entrance level job. Um, so anyway, eventually came into contact with you guys after interning here in college as well. Um, and yeah, the, the challenges kind of started immediately because I was working in the afternoon, my time. So like just from the get go, like I would have a full day before I would even log into bottle, you know, it would be like two or three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, so a lot of that time was spent alone too, because everyone was working who, you know, who I hung out with, they were all at work. So I would, I basically got used to like being alone a lot of the day, which was totally fine with me. Um, I made the best of my mornings and stuff like that, but then working until seven or eight o'clock at night, sometimes even later, if I felt like just staying on, um, it just made it for a weird like day, but it became like my normal. So it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, but just in general, living in a different country and not having like a team, like, there with you all the time. Um, it was tough just building a community outside of like my boyfriend's friends um, who- what did, had, what, did you, what did you do in the morning? Like before 2 p.m.? Um, I mean, I would wake up leisurely cause I could. Um, so I would wake up at like, you know, eight 
and just have a nice coffee and read for like an hour. Then I would do yoga and then I would go for a walk. Sometimes I'd head to the grocery store or get a coffee, make lunch, and then it was time to work. Um, or at least I'd start like setting myself up for work. Like I'd go in my office, I'd kind of like light a candle, kind of like read the news a little, like just start getting in the mindset of like, okay, now I'm sitting down working. Um, yeah, it was, it's just crazy to think though. Cause now it's completely different. Like I start work at eight. Um, so my day is completely shifted and I don't get that alone time anymore, which I've actually, I'm really missing it just because now at four o'clock, like I'm off earlier in the day, I'm not working until seven, but my husband now we've got married. Um, he's home at that time. So it's like, I don't really have that stretch of time where I'm just like reading and drinking coffee and doing yoga, which is fine, but it's also, it's been a transition in itself. Um, really, I'm just getting into the real world and this is what everyone does, but. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the interesting different. thing is you're about to go back to, you know, for a lot, for a much longer stretch because you're in Hawaii for three years, you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I, mean, I think the interesting thing is you'll be waking up at 5 a.m. and getting online and then you'll have this whole afternoon to go yeah. to the beach or surf or go to the market or yoga or whatever. Exactly. That's what you want to do. Yeah. It's just going to be kind of shifting in a different way. Like now I'm going to have an afternoon, but I'm going to have already worked. Like it's going to be kind of crazy to think about. It's got to be different. I mean, and also to think like the mornings are the best times for like the coffee and the breathing. Yeah. That like peaceful alone time. Right. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think the biggest challenges for me were just not, especially in Europe, just kind of being really just like no one was, the whole half of the world that I knew was asleep when I was first waking up, you know, Hmm. like my parents, like I couldn't really, that couldn't be like the time I would call my mom because she didn't wake up until I had to start work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just really alone, which was, I grew to be fond of, but. um, Yeah. Have you always been that way? Did you like alone time as a kid? Um, It's funny you ask that because I used to be such an extrovert, like in college, like I, just that's how I filled my cup was being around people. Like I hated being alone. Um, and I think that had like, that was just college insecurities too. Um, but now it's like the opposite. Like I love being alone. And I think that this whole, like living in a different country, being like isolated by language and not having a ton of friends, um, especially friends that I like that worked around me. Like I had friends on the weekends, but that was just, it was just different. Um, all of that set me up to like, just, and really like soak in being alone. And I've just become a total introvert, which is crazy. Cause I was always like that hyper person, like going to parties in college and talking to everybody and it's just completely changed, which is fascinating. That is fascinating. <laughs> do you, when you're around a bunch of people now, is it, do you get energized still? Or is it, does that sap you more than it used to? Um, it, there's like a weird in between where I like it, it definitely zaps me a lot more. Like I run out of energy quick around people. Um, and you used to not, you think? I used, Yeah, I used to never really be alone. So maybe that I just never even knew that I could, you know? Um, but yeah, it, yeah. But now, I mean, I don't mind being around people, obviously. I don't mind talking to people. But in general, like if I could choose, somebody asked me like the way to tell if you're an introvert or extrovert mm-hmm. is if you're out with people, if they want to keep going out, 
will you keep going out with them or will you go home? Right. Interesting. And for me, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go home. <laughs> like I'm going to go watch TV and get yeah. in like comfortable clothes and take a nice shower. So is that, but I think you could use that test depending on like against when you normally go to bed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so it's like not if like I'm out with someone from like, at like one o'clock in the afternoon and they're like, Oh, you want to go do this? And it like from till seven till eight till at like, but then at like nine, if like, cause I'm not a night person, it's like, mm -hmm. I'm going to sleep. But right. if, you, if I start my day in the afternoon, like I can go all day. So yeah. It just uh, it depends. Yeah. That's an interesting um, framework. It's definitely shifted for me. I used to never want to go home and back. I'd be mm -hmm. the guy who wanted the state of the end. Now I don't even want to go. Yeah, that's, that's me exactly. I totally <laughs> relate to that. just older. Yeah. We'll yeah. Age. I, I also, I... I kind of have, have had an opposite um, uh, reaction. I used to think that I was an introvert, even though, and that's when I used to go out all the time. Maybe I was really an extrovert and didn't, but, but I'm not the center of attention usually at a party. And I think a lot of people view that as like, are you loud? You're an extrovert. Are you not? You're an introvert, which is probably a, a flawed framework. But now I feel the opposite. It's or not the opposite. I feel like I've discovered that all along I was an extrovert. I just didn't like the extroverted things that extroverted people were doing necessarily. Like on even right after college, the idea of going out every night and getting super drunk. Um, I didn't want to do that anymore, but I felt like I had to because I wanted to keep up with friends or whatnot when really like I, I probably would have loved getting a group together and drinking tea and talking about some bullshit philosopher or something, which we are actually, cooking dinner for everyone. I mean, I think that's like, right. Yeah. Having people over for dinner, extroverted activity, even though it's civil, you know, you're not burning down a bar. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Actually. Like I, I feel like maybe part of, my thing is like, I haven't found people who enjoy the same things as me. That's been a challenge for me. Um, well, because since graduating. You, you have, uh, um, I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase it, but like very passion, you're passionate about eating healthy and veganism. And right. I think it's tough to find a group of friends that are also interested in that. Yeah. Especially when moving around a lot. Like I haven't, I really haven't taken the time to like truly nourish like good relationships because I'm like, I'm leaving, you know, mm -hmm. um, even here I got, um, it's funny that you mentioned like meeting up with people and stuff. So I got the dating app Bumble, but you can get it for friends. So it's yeah. called Bumble BFF. <laughs> I was talking about this with Monique this morning. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's been interesting, but then it just they have kind it for of couples. So what you, Meredith and I can match with like, Oh, you mean like a, that would be cool. Yeah. That would be really cool. Um, that's a good idea. Like a, a bumble. That's a I don't know. That, that might get a little weird. A, I don't know. Um, I'm already sold on bumble BFF. I've always, uh, well, I'm interested to just see how the, the dating apps work. You what was your experience? Um, so I've met, I met one girl in person. Um, we just got coffee and it was fine. Like it wasn't, what? It didn't like light your world on fire. No, um, 
I doubt she's going to watch this, but, <laughs> but, and I feel like I can't like say anything because you maybe she'll watch this. I mean, it's not a big deal. She's just really, 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 really talkative. Um, and I just like sat there the whole time and then like eventually, like occasionally put like a word in. And then I just kind of felt like what it would be like to go on dates. <laughs> like right? without. Did you ever do the dating apps, Chelsea, or did you not? Yeah. No. I've been in None pretty study relationships. Never do. That's no. hilarious. I would be, a, I'm allergic to those. <laughs> yeah. They, they don't sound fun. No. Um, so, so are anyway, you ever going to do Bumble BFF again or was that it? I think I will when I get to Hawaii now. Like for a second, I thought maybe we were staying here. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to like really dig in and like try to make friends and lay some roots down. But now it's like, oh, we're leaving in three months. Like, Are I just, any guys, is it women only? Or is, cause I know Bumble and the dating app is the girl has to initiate. So you could say who you're looking for, like kind of same as like the dating app itself. Yeah. So you could say like, I'm looking for male friendships or female friendships or. I'm going to tell Meredith, I'm just going to tell my wife Meredith that I'm just going on Bumble and see what she <laughs> That's said. what I said to Kyle. I was like, <laughs> I downloaded Bumble. And he was like, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should do this too. I'm very intrigued. I think yeah. it's interesting to try. You can yeah. like make oh, it I can't wait till after this is over. I'm going to go right into Meredith's office and declare that I'm <laughs> downloading Bumble. She'll probably be like, yeah, for the friends, right? I already have it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why we went to dinner last week. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, those new people on our street that we met that was through Bumble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely not as viral as the dating app. I don't hear people talking about it. Yeah. It seems like a good idea, especially with how nomadic the world is. I mean, yeah. I want to meet people in Atlanta that have the same values as me. I mean, I love our friend group here, but it's hard. Like we were at an event last night, uh, a political event, which was hilarious because we don't even care about the candidate that much, but a uh, guy who we know in town was having it. We thought it'd just be interesting to go have some interesting dialogue. Um, and when I was looking around and I was like, who are all of these people? Like a lot of smart, intelligent, like the head of sustainability for Atlanta, Chelsea was there. Interesting. Uh, yes. Yeah, really interesting people were there. And I was like, who are you? I don't know any of you. I know the one guy who invited us, who we had like a two sentence conversation with. And then Meredith and I kind of just chatted with each other. It was like, it's very uncomfortable at an event like that to go around and just start introducing yourself and have forced yeah, conversation. It is. It I is. wish I was that guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that defines an extrovert. I just think that defines someone who has like extreme social ability. You know? And confidence. <laughs> yeah. And confidence. And also just, you know, for me, it's not confidence. Like I, if you were like, Hey, go talk to that person. I'm happy to walk up to anyone and talk to them. Right. Like, you know, that's, that's, actually I think like one of the things I'm fine with I think the thing for me is then I don't really want to have like I I get bored in the conversation it's like so hard to pick the person you're going to have something to talk about yeah that's like interesting yeah. um maybe that's a cop out that's just that was my feeling I get that um and I was going to say with the friendship apps and stuff I feel like the biggest difference with like a dating app versus a friendship app is like dating for some people on there they're not looking to like foster a great relationship. Like they're looking for, for one thing, you know? Yeah. Um, whereas a friendship, it's like, you're going into this and you're like, we're going to be best friends, you know? <laughs> Definitely <laughs> like, different motives. Theory. Yeah. It's, it's not a- like 
whatever, who cares if this works out, you know, it's like, we are, we have very strict intentions here and it's to become besties, you know? <laughs> so. It seems tough to, to, I think people are pretty comfortable with ghosting or in, I'd, I'd be curious to see how it played out on the, on the romantic side, the dating side, if there, you go on a first date, one person might think it went well, while the other thinks it definitely did not, but you quickly find that out. Mm -hmm. If the person who thought it went well texted and said, hey, let's meet up again, and you either ghost them or say, eh, I don't think so, or I'm not available, then they get the message. But I, it seems like that would be harder to do with just a friendship because that's a mini breakup that I think a lot of real, like dating relationships go through where I think it's harder to do that with just a potential friendship. It's like, are you really going to ghost somebody you met for coffee? Yeah, I don't know. I'm busy. Let's touch base in a few weeks. You know, I mean, how many, you know, now's not a good time. We're traveling the next month. I'll, I'll text you in April. Never. I mean, 2025. Right. You'll hear from me in six months. Like, I think it's like so easy to just like blow someone off politely. So maybe even easier. I think it's easier. Because there's, because it's really like, with the with dating, I feel like you have to have this one person, right? If you're doing the monogamous thing, and if you're not dating, and you're just like you have a plurality of friends, yeah, this guy will like he's not getting back to me. Cool, I'll see what you know Dave's up to. Like, cool. that's true. Yeah. That's I feel true. like it's much less like um, there's no like emotional validation because it's not just this one thing you're holding on to. Like, oh, this is one person that, like, I'm going to, that's it. This is my person. So I think an interesting thing about the lunch club as an example is I've really enjoyed almost every conversation I've had. And I could be friends with these people, but there's not, and by friends, I mean hang out, text on a weekly basis, see what's up, or a monthly basis. And, but there's not enough of a reason or an inertia to force that or get over that hump to turn it from just a, we got coffee to a real friendship. And that's a challenge because yeah. I think back, like who are my friends in San Francisco where, well, they're my college friends really. And why are we friends? We just all decided to go to the same school. Well, that's a dumb reason to be friends. I, I, could just as easily be friends with the two people I had coffee with this week than any of my other friends. Right. We just, just forced, like we were just forced to be friends. Well, together. yes and no. I mean, you all got into the same school. You also applied to the same school. You all decided to go to the same school. The school has a similar culture. You then all joined the same fraternity or were closely knit in that fraternity. Then you lived together. So you have that shared experience of living with someone. I think that that's just why college is, you know, do you feel like it's just that you just got pushed down the river and it's all it's it feels non-random for all the reasons you just said, but it actually is random. And what made you really more compatible than the random person that I got coffee with yesterday who seems really nice yeah. and has a dog and has dinner parties like we could yeah. be. I, I think that in general, there are archetypes of people that generally bond well together. Hmm. And and you found that group in college and you could easily find that group that fits you now. And I think the challenge with being an adult that potentially something like Bumble BFF or even remote Will's remote idea 
solve is that it allows you to take people that randomly met in college and had the same interests and then were funneled down this river of they they became a group because their interests aligned and like each one filled different i would say archetypes within the group very much so can happen in through through apps and in later in life i just think it's harder because you lack that density both like time density and also physical density you know you don't have the density of time together and you don't have the physical density together I think I think we're saying the same thing from that regard. I I think back to why we were just crammed together. I, I became best friends with these people because we lived on top of each other. Yeah, I'm married to Meredith because she lives across the hall from PJ, who I played lacrosse with, and I hung out in his room all the time. And then Meredith and I became friends, and then we took a class together, and we started dating, and the rest is history, right? And I think, like, had I gone to Princeton and never met Meredith – and met someone else like maybe i would have had a worse marriage because i love marriage is great but like the reality is i think it's just like so much of it is luck and happenstance and yeah and so i feel like people. working is the opposite of that of what you just described this amazing way to meet this amazing person who you've decided to spend the rest of your life with it's like how could you devise a system more opposite than that <laughs> And it would be working remotely, I think. Yeah. I mean, I will say my biggest challenge with working remotely, 100%. And I think of the three of us, I'm really the only one who's fully had this experience of, I've had really horrible places to go into every day. And working remotely absolutely makes those places look even worse. Where like, I literally put on my, my beginning of my career at a big bank, I put on my suit and tie every day and I went into work and I was there at 6.45 and I left at six. And like, I actually love the people I worked with, but like, and we had a great culture. So that was fun, but like the work itself was kind of hard. And also just the structure of like having to be there for 12 hours a day was pretty grindy. And then, and, and you couldn't even leave, right? Like you literally left for like six minutes to get lunch and then you were back in front of a screen. Um, and then I was at a really hard job at a hedge fund, which was, was not great. And the culture was small group and the culture was bad. And I went from that to like two of these incredible experiences. One at Psychimply where like it was 10 and 20 and 30 and 40 of us. And it was like the most like team building I've ever experienced. And I'm still like, that is where my friends professionally, a lot of them came from um, outside of like people who we knew from in, when we lived in New York, just through our friends in college. But that, that closeness of being with them every day and like shared mission and having so much fun together, like it was really, really fun. Um, Where was that? It was a company called Psych Imply, which is based in New York. In New York. Yeah. And it was a special culture and founders were great and everyone who worked there was really cool and fun. Um, and we were early and it was successful. But a lot of it was just like, we just were all together. And it was very flexible too though, right? Like. If there was a day where I messaged in, it was very much a tech company. I was like, I need to work from home today. You could. And it had this blend. But the expectation was you were in the office most of the time. So the expectation was you were there most of the time. But there was flexibility around it. Um, it was just really fun. It was really cool to have like that, that group of people around you all the time. I think Meredith, even more so than me, has experienced this at all of her jobs, where literally at every single one of her jobs, at Bliss, where she worked for the first five years of her career, still really tight with her group. Like all five of them stay in touch. They meet up when they're in New York. Like she's like loves them. 
then at Foursquare, like, man, her boss, who's now the CMO of Squarespace, stayed with us and her child over Thanksgiving. Like, they're our legit good friends. Um, and, like, she's just got this group of all these people she worked with who she's really friendly with and really close with. And she, you just develop those bonds. And I think that that is especially powerful in New York, San Francisco, and potentially L.A., where you have, again, like, such a large group of people to select from that get narrowed down that you actually these companies become microcosms of college where you're together a lot. You're probably pretty similar or have shared interests and you're all kind of in, especially in like tech and in some of these like more kind of, kind of new wave of types of companies, like you're in it together. Um, I think, I don't think it's limited to those three. I mean, two quick examples. We're going skiing with Elizabeth Bain. For right. Example. Chicago. And then Dave, my roommate in Nashville, Still, he worked at um, that mid-market investment bank, Richmond. Um, Harris Williams. They still, the, his analyst class will fly once a year, all get together to do a fantasy football draft and like keep a league going, meet up once a year. They worked together intensely for two years, but it formed this, they all go to each other's weddings. You know, it's all, they're still very tight. It's interesting. I wonder if it's a function of age as well, though. Like, do you know people older now, 30s, 40s, who are finding that level of friendship at work or through their company, even in the New York's NSFs? Or is it more a function of like, man, I'm, I'm young and looking for new friends? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know because I, I didn't do it at, that, at this point in my life, obviously work remote every day so um being interested to ask yeah i find it's the same in the military too like i mean i wasn't in the military but my husband wasn't like especially being in germany where we were like the americans there were very much like in a group together because that was pretty much all you had um especially we all lived in like one tiny town like out like 30 minutes from the actual military base um and it was like, especially for them, like I was just kind of an outsider who hung out with our little group, but like for them, it was like, they worked together every day. Like they had that one thing in common and it like pushed them together. Just like, just like with anything else really, but just all these different um, like work spaces that kind of, that's how you meet friends, you know? And now yeah. we're still really close with a lot of those people. I mean, we only moved a few months ago, but hopefully a few of them at least we stay close with. Interesting. All right. So I think like one thing we haven't talked about is what all the amazing benefits of being remote. So you know, what are your negatives? That's, I mean, that's the biggest, to me, the biggest one is the one I just brought up, which is like, I, I think there are two. I think that in the earliest days, the most energized I ever was, Will, was when we were together. Yeah. Every time. And maybe that's because it was special. Um, but every time I was in Chicago or we'd meet up in New York or we flew to San Francisco, um, I always felt the most fired up about the business. So I think there was something magical about like in the early, early days when we didn't have a customer and like everything felt like the world was our oyster. And, like, every idea was like, oh yeah, like that's going to be what this makes this business so big and we're going to crush it. And like in two months, we're going to have 500 customers and all we have to do is call a hundred interior decorators and they're all going to sign up. <laughs> um, 
in in those times, I think in the very, very early days, there was a lot of energy from being together. And I think not doing that every day, perhaps we wouldn't have had that energy if we had done it every day, but it was it was pretty magical and I enjoyed that. And we were also in the earliest stages of like getting to know each other. Um, yeah. so it was still like that kind of fun phase of a friendship. Um, I guess we're in the honeymoon phase. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then I think the other thing I'd say for me, that has been a downside that we've done a lot better of. It's just there have been times outside of their like the downside of not having people like go into every day, like uh, from a like just a friend perspective. Like I love building teams and being around teams and like played sports my whole life. And like I just think it's really fun to do something as a unit together. Um, I think also from a business perspective we've had to really work hard to mitigate the downsides of being remote, especially across different time zones. And I've, at times that has been intensely challenging for me uh, to just, it's been isolating. I think that's the feeling, right? It's like, mm -hmm. especially maybe Chelsea was offline, Will was on a plane and here I was getting, uh, going through a customer success challenge that was really, really hard. Uh, and it's just, I think when we're together, it's really nice to like literally pop over the computer and be like, Hey, Chelsea, do you see that message from so-and-so? Like, what do you think? Should we reply? Or like, how do you think we should? And then we can all, we could all hash it out. We've only had a few of those instances together. So, uh, you know, as so I'd say from a business perspective, I oftentimes wonder, I see a number of advantages to being remote. I think it creates a lot of structural advantages. Um, in a lot of different ways. I mean, we get to Chelsea's moving to Hawaii and it's not like, Hey, okay, good luck. Go find a new job. You know, it's like, great. We're going to try and find, make it work. And mm -hmm. we'll move from Chicago to the world to back to the U S to San Francisco. And like, we made it work. And you know, that's it. instead of being like, well, if you're not here, you can't work for the company. And that's kind of a silly uh, perspective to take at this time in the world. Um, but I do think there are times where it's like, oh, it would have been great. There, there are many days where it's like, wouldn't it be so great if we just had the three of us in a shared office and industrious? For sure. But I think, I mean, I'm going to transition to what I love. Yeah. I mean, I think that when I was working in finance, I mean, part of the appeal is I want to go to the gym at you know, 11 o'clock in the morning and I want to work out and I want to read, you know, maybe I need to take an hour. I want to go literally be like, I want to learn about this topic and I'm going to turn everything off and go do that. And bottle is the first company where I felt like I've legitimately had a full on business. That's fairly successful. That provides for a lot of freedom. It's very challenging. A lot of times we're, you know, we have a lot of things that, that we're working on that can be challenging, but at the same time, like I feel very free in how I can spend my time. Um, both on how I work in the business and also just how I spend my time. Like it's the first time I felt comfortable being like, I'm going to wake up at five 30 today, work till nine. And then I'm just going to work out from nine to 10. And it's not because I know Chelsea's online and I feel comfortable, you know, having my phone in the gym, but like, I know I can work out. And um, I think that that is just an amazing benefit to have that freedom of schedule. Uh, or the other day, I mean, Remy, my daughter gets sick and it's like, I didn't have calls and I yelled over to Meredith, like, I'll take her and threw her in the car at 10, you know, 11, 15 and went to a doctor's appointment and was back and in the office by one. So I think that there's just this flexibility and freedom of both thought and time. That's really great. Um, 
it's just really nice. I think it allows you to think differently and mm -hmm. gives you a lot of space to have creative thought too. For sure. Have we covered your uh, love, Chelsea? I'm trying to think your quiet time you liked, but are there um, other like things? My want? favorite things about, yeah, I mean, being able to travel like the last two years, I saw 22 different countries all while working for Bottle, um, which is pretty wow. incredible. Yeah. And the majority of the time on a Friday, I was in a different country working at a coffee shop or something, not every Friday, I wish, <laughs> but um, like once a month at least. Um, so, I mean, and you can't, like you literally can't do that not working remotely, you know, or owning your own business somehow, it's just not possible. So, I mean, that's a, that was a huge benefit for me. I can't even like explain it. Um, and being able to like be that person who's like, oh, I just gotta pull out my laptop and do a few hours of work. like you know, while we're in Sweden or something. I don't know. It was, it was kind of a cool feeling. Um, That's and people thought about that. Yeah. Whereas like all these other people were like, Oh, like work all week and now we're on vacation and stuff. And like, I got to feel that way and like go on a plane and stuff, but also not really dread going to work because I just pulled out my laptop and worked, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's a huge, that was a huge benefit. And then obviously being able to just live, where I need to live. So like Germany to Georgia, to Texas, to Hawaii, all in like a six month period. Also not possible working remotely. And it's important to me that I see as much of the world as possible. So this has been literally the perfect job for that. So that's, that's huge for me. Um, yeah. And having the flexibility, like before I call, I'll make some avocado toast and, you know, right. go through emails and eat my toast and then walk down and check the mail and then come back and get on a call. You know, like, it's just nice to have that flexibility in, in the mornings and stuff like that. So. Cool. Yeah. What about you, Will? Uh, it's like the things I love about it are the things I, that are a challenge too. I mean, it's a, I think it's a double-edged sword from that regard. I love that you can take off any time, but it also has been a challenge for me to say, this is working time, this is not working time. I really struggle with switching off, being, you know, saying that I'm not thinking about work anymore, which is purely a negative. You know, it's not, this isn't a good thing or a holier than that, like, oh, I'm always working. It's like really bad when I'm talking to Elizabeth and I'm supposed to be home and present at home and I'm thinking about something that I'm not even doing anything about. I'm not even, it's not like I'm writing an email Right. Writing code, not like taking action against this thought. It's just bleeding over um, into my day. But uh, the flip side of that is I'm able to, just like what you said, take time and work from somewhere else or leave when I need to um, and not have to worry about the optics of that, of not having a butt in a seat in a certain place for certain hours. Um, and it is nice that it's more about, well, these are the things we have to do. So we've got to get those things done. And um, it's okay if you do a 3.30 workout or get in early to the office or get in late to the office or whatever. There's some flexibility that um, that isn't optics driven the way that it is if, if it's all in person. Even if the company claims that they're not 
you know, they don't care when you're there. And it's, I, I still think that's just the way people are, right? If I'm there at nine and the whole team's there at nine, but for some reason someone shows up at 11, even though the whole team might leave at five and that person stays till seven, it just doesn't feel good. Right? No, the whole team's like, what's going on? Yeah. yeah. Or even if that person gets in at 11 and stays till two in the morning, it still is like, there's this weird human element that's like, why aren't they here? The day mm -hmm. started. Yeah. Definitely the best thing. I mean, the difference, and again, back to the scooter analogy, I think traveling and working remotely way harder than just working remotely. And I've really enjoyed being in San Francisco, stationary in one place and working remotely uh, versus traveling around. Yeah. I will say I'm very skeptical of a company that has a full, a team that just travels all the time. You know, I think that that is, uh, I, I felt like when we were all, tra well, not all of us, but when we were traveling a lot, when all of us were kind of moving around or different things, or things were changed, that was the hardest time to bottle for me. Yeah. 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 For me, like, well, the same as you said, well, like the best of things are like the worst of things. Cause like traveling, it was really glamorous to be like, oh yeah saw so many different countries but actually those were the hardest days for me because I was stressed the whole time about finding wi-fi and finding somewhere quiet and if I a call came up I like had to find somewhere you know it, it all became like I was always like rushing around that one day until I was finished with work and then I was like okay now I can like really enjoy this place so like while it was really cool to travel still it was that was 100% some of the absolute like hardest work days I ever had yeah um, yeah I just same, same. I mean, we were in uh, Southeast Asia that first trip. That was absolutely the ML. Like, oh, do they have Wi-Fi? I got to be getting my emails. Right. Yeah. It's the world too. It's um, one of my my brother's favorite blog post I had from when I traveled was when I took a picture. We were in Kofifi, Thailand, and took a picture of this bay, this beautiful water. And then the title of my post was not pictured. And it was, it was almost 40 degrees Celsius, super muggy. There was loud music playing. There was construction happening. It was, it was inherently a horrible place to be doing work. <laughs> my shirt, my laptop, and the view is pretty. You're like, wow, this is amazing. But this isn't like a pleasant way to live life. I don't yeah, think. Not I, ideal. Um, but it looks nice. Yeah. Very Instagram worthy. Very yeah. Instagram. Well, maybe we'll just like spend five or 10 minutes and then we'll wrap up on talking about some of the things that we think we do well to help support our work remote culture. Cause I think that that's actually things that, um, you know, some of the things we do are pretty unique. Uh, and some of the things we do are pretty standard, but I think it'd be cool to talk through and, and highlight some of those things. So um, I don't know, Will, you, you've been the brainchild of a lot of these, so maybe you can, talk about some of the things that you've implemented to help us work better as a remote team. Um, I'd be curious to know what you think were my, were my ideas. I think. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think the two that jump off to me or the three that jump off to me that you, I specifically know you pushed for um, the first was implementing Basecamp as a place where we organized our conversations and organized where our business lived. Um, I'll say that as an endorsement, I think Basecamp is an amazing product 
for a company like ours. Uh, it just, everything has its container. It works really well. It keeps us really organized. Um, we use it for a lot of things. We don't use it for everything, but I think we get a lot of value out of the product. Um, that was certainly your idea, uh, or at least something that you suggested in terms of what software to use. I know we, we tried several times. Yeah, and we also, I mean, at first we were using it for support, which was not ideal. Yeah. But it was a start from what we were doing before. Um, bottle cooler was something you started when a couple weeks into Chelsea starting with us, I think. That's a, we don't use Slack because we're a messaging app. So that was a channel in our own messaging app bottle. Um, and that's a place where we all hang out and it's end up being like the place where we probably all spend the majority of our time. I think we do have one off DMs, but not a ton. Uh, so I think like, I do think like Basecamp can replace something like Slack. Like, Chat is a double-edged sword, just like everything else. And, you know, Will and I, we've had this conversation, you know, Chelsea, I don't know if you've heard of this company Slack because we've never used it, but I'm sure you've, you've used did, it. Right? Did you use it like right at the beginning? We used it at the beginning and we used it at South Fork. So okay, because I feel like I did use it with you guys right, right. for a second. <laughs> like Slack is like a great product as chat, but I also hear a lot of people who are negative on Slack because it becomes their whole day they live in Slack. Um, but I do think chat is, is really helpful. I mean, I just think it's, it's helpful. Fun, um, anything. I like the fun, I like the fun chat more than the productivity chat. Yeah. Like, Hey, here's the channel. We're like talking about riffing on something or, but it's not, I found even talking with Courtney and Lindsay are designers. We work with a lot. Like I find Slack incredibly burdensome from a productivity perspective. Oh, oh, we're going to talk through a design and you end up talking over each other. Whereas with Basecamp, you can have a structured thought, you post something and then somebody else on their own time can respond. Right. Uh, it's just way calmer. Yeah, it is way calmer. And it, it's, it's just, it's easier for work, I think. Yeah. Um, I think one thing like I try and do is figure out what goes in chat and what goes in Basecamp, which is an interesting yeah. you know, dilemma. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing you did specifically is you put the, you started this thing called bottle hangout, uh, which I think a lot of companies should do that they don't do, which is we get on a call every other week on a zoom. And for an hour, we just bullshit the three of us. And I think as we get bigger, that'll be harder to do, but it could be done amongst teams. And like, we literally don't talk about work. Uh, we talk about everything but work and you know, we don't have, like we keep work not intentionally. I just think it's, it's just the way it's always been. We keep work out of it. And I think those Thursday at 10 a.m. bottle hangouts are some of my favorite times. Uh, just like we all just talk and hang out. Yeah. Yeah, those are fun. Yeah, I totally agree. Get inspired to compost by Chelsea. Exactly. <laughs> That's what we started doing with compost. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Everyone should compost. Um, <laughs> um, exactly. yeah, no, I, I think one of my favorite things, I love, uh, bottle hangouts. Like those are awesome. It's a great way to like, kind of d like dwindle down the week too. Um, like on a Thursday, like things are kind of slowing down. It's just, I love, I love them. Um, I also love, uh, like, where are you in the world and like, what time are you working? I've like on Basecamp, um, it's a question that we all get asked and, we're all pretty good about responding to it every day. And 
usually on Mondays, we like post pictures from the weekend or something like that. And I think that's a fun way to just kind of like all keep in touch and see a little bit into each other's lives. Like, you know, I went here this weekend. This is the food I had. It's just a fun, fun thing that we do. I think so too. I love seeing pictures. Yeah. With those. We used to, I mean, um, yeah, with the base camp. I like that it's kind of like a daily open-ended question, which I like. Sometimes I post what I am going to work on. Other times I post what I did yesterday or last night. Whereas where we, when we had the, um, what are the six things you're going to do today? And that was overly prescriptive and too, it was like too structured, right? Like yeah. then you got burned out on it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think that's a great one using the daily check-in. I also will say like, well, I really look forward to our daily call that we've started over the last three weeks. Um, yeah. And we don't do it every day, but I think most days we do it. I, I think it's, I think it's creating a dialogue that's really pushing us forward. Yeah. For sure. It's cool. And cool. Then, well, I don't know if we brought up to Chelsea your idea. And what we oh, do. right. Yeah, let's end with this and then we'll, we'll wrap up. So I always find, so Chelsea brought up, we have this daily question. It's an automatic nudge in Basecamp and it asks us like, what are you going to do today? I really love and Will was the one to kind of push us to do this, when we add like pictures, whether from, from our weekend or just from our day or from our walk into work or whatever. I find that like, are we at context? Like those are much more exciting than like ATL till 5.30 today, right? Um, I am not a big social media person, but I think it would be very cool to figure out a way to have an Instagram-like place where people could share what's going on in their lives or like do little posts from the office or whatever. Um, and it's only for remote companies and it only the people at your company can see it. And it probably would have a lot different feature set than Instagram, but it would at least feel like you could post those things like, Oh, look at my lunch. And you could like do a quick snap of your lunch. Right. And I think like, you know, Chelsea, like for like a lot of the, like, or even just like, look at what we're doing, right. You know, I'm, I'm going out to lunch and just doing a quick snap. I feel like our quick like video, I feel like that would really be very cool for companies specifically, because then you'd feel more connected to each other. And so one thing we've been talking about, and I think we should try and do is get non-personal, like bottle specific Instagrams, keep all the accounts private and share them with each other and just see if we actually engage and what it, if it's interesting. I like that idea. It's fun. As an MVP. Yeah. Yeah. I love like sharing pictures. It's picture sharing service for companies. <laughs> companies five employees and under. <laughs> I mean, it's not a it's not a crazy idea. Remote is on fire. Yeah. We could go raise a hundred million dollars from SoftBank. <laughs> Perfect. You heard it here. Hopefully, uh, whoever's gotten this far, if they have, they're not going to steal our brilliant billion dollar idea. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, anything else you guys think we should add? I think we wide ranging, long conversation. We really went for it today. Um, this is fun. We went a little off script, but I think we covered it all. Yeah. I think we're going to talk about it. Chelsea, a great debut. Thanks. And uh, I'm going to go <laughs> tell me. podcast. We <laughs> may double our listener count. Yeah. <laughs> Share this with your whole family. They'll find it fascinating. <laughs>
I probably would. <laughs> then you should. We need listeners. I get really uh, excited about bottle. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, that wraps up episode four, and we'll see you here next week for free refills. Bye, guys. Bye. Okay.